Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey. You got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block? In the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you with holes in your socks. Us city slickers, there was no water in spots, so we'd head to the corner. Mr. Warner would not. What is welcome, welcome back. All my do-datters, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in. This is the return of Dad Hard with a podcast. Yes, we've been gone for a couple of months, but not only are we back, but we are back with the premiere of season three of Dad Hard with a podcast. And not only that, it is part one of... Of a two-part season three premiere of Dad Hard with a podcast. And I'm doing two parts because, number one, my daughter just turned two. Which is why I took a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, but number th- two, I've been gone for two months. So we, w- I wanted to give a-, a heavy dose of Dad Hard with a podcast. A double dose uh, in-, in that um, of the podcast. Because I also feel like two is a very pivotal year. It's a very pivotal transition that you go through as parents, and it deserved uh, two parts because there's two parts to turning two. But before I get into that, um, 
I want to apologize for for taking the break. Uh, what I like to do, uh, and I did the same thing in between season one and season two. Uh, I like to take the two months after my daughter, you know, six weeks, two months, something like that, after my daughter's birthday at the end of July. Number one, to spend that end of the summer fully invested in, in family, and we did that. Went, had a great time. Uh, got a lot of good family time in. Um, you know, we finally went on a little bit of vacation for the first time in this COVID-infested life that we've been living in for the last year and a half. Um, but also, I think it's important as parents that at the end of every year of our child's life, we do take some time to reflect on that year because not only is it a celebration for them and of them, but it's also an accomplishment for us as parents because shit, the base level of it, we've kept them alive for another year. So we've done our job at the the base level, the very core. We at least did that job. Um, But in all seriousness, it's important to reflect on that because as your child grows as a person, you're growing as a person um, and you're growing as a parent. And I think it's important to reflect on that. And, uh, you know, every year is a major milestone, especially these early years. I mean, especially these early years. I don't even know what the later years are like yet. But these early years, these Uh, These milestones are very important because they do signify huge changes in your child's development. And personally, I feel like the transition from or transition into turning two is like a day and night transition. Like, you know, her birthday is July 30th. July 29th, she was one person. July 31st, she was a completely different human being. And it was like night and day. It changed overnight. Uh, it was really crazy. And so I also felt like that needed to be addressed in two different parts because I feel like there are two different sides of the turning, the development in turning two. Um, this first part is going to be what everybody knows. And everybody knows about the twos, turning twos. Everybody knows they call them the terrible twos. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's fucking true. It is true. Turning two, they do turn into the terrible twos. They turn into little monsters. Tantrums start going galore. Uh, You know, they start getting sick more. They, you know, there's so many different things that happen that make it so much more difficult. And they're, they're turning into people. They have minds of their own. And I feel like the major thing that creates these quote-unquote terrible twos and and these bad reactions or tantrums or anything like that is that they start wanting things, right? It's the first time that they understand that they can make decisions and they're able to make decisions and they're able to, I don't know, I don't know if they actively are doing it in their mind, but it's like they're weighing out their wants and not even weighing them out. They're, They're only obsessed with what they want and they forget what they need, right? The first 18 to 24 months of a kid's life, 90% of caring for a child is, and 95% of their reactions to things are based on their needs. You know, like they cry because they need food. They cry because they need their diaper changed. They cry because they need to go to sleep or take a nap or need rest, etc. 
it's like once they hit that two-year date and they blow out the candles on that birthday cake, all that goes right out the window with the flames of those candles because they forget it's no longer about what they need, right? Instead of needing to eat, they want to eat a rice roll instead of the broccoli that is on their plate. You know what I mean? They want pizza and not chicken. You know what I mean? They want things and that's the only thing that they can process in their mind at that time. So when you try to revert back to what they need, right? And you don't just give them what they want right off the bat. They get upset. They throw tantrums because they still don't understand emotion and how to control emotion. And they don't understand how to deal and process um, with being told no or with not getting what they want. Because previously, when they needed something, they always got it. We always took care of that as parents. So they expect that when they want something, we will do the same thing. They don't know the difference. It's a very interesting concept. Like I told you, I did a lot of introspective thinking after my daughter turned two because things got a lot more difficult for us and and difficult to deal with her um, in a lot of ways because... She, she just was getting more upset, more frustrated. She had less patience for things when she wanted something. She wanted it right there and then. And in talking to several other dad and parent friends of mine, uh, you know, we all go through that. And what, I, what I've deduced is that this seems to be what the reason is, or part of it at least, is that they just start wanting things. And, you know, like any of us, when we want something and we get told no, it's who likes to get told no? You know what I mean? Who likes to get told no? I don't blame them, but they still can't process that and they still can't effectively communicate their emotions. So it turns into these crazy tantrums and yelling and crying and uh, you know, my daughter is really into throwing things now. When she gets frustrated, she's either knocking everything off the table or she's throwing things at us, whether it's food, whether it's, um, you know, Play-Doh, whether it's her toys, whether it's something that's on one of our nightstands, you know, um, this is how they they respond to that because they don't know any other way to do that. Um, and, and it's a really interesting thing to watch And it's very hard to deal with because you also get frustrated as a parent and you want to get angry. You know what I mean? Like you want to get mad when they throw things or they hit you or they scream back at you. Uh, My daughter is really now into saying, go away, go away. Like if we, if one of us doesn't give her what she wants or something like that, it's go away, daddy, go away, daddy, go away, mommy, etc. So, um... It's it's very hard to accommodate that because the 18-month to 24-month period is like so awesome because they're just learning about everything and they're just learning how to explore and they're walking and they're talking and they're just, you know, maybe starting to put sentences together and the world is really starting to open up to them. So they're just so adventurous and they're down for like every, anything. Right? Once they hit that 24 months, it's like a flip switches. And it's really, it's really crazy to watch how fast that turns over. 
right? Uh, you know, this also carries into sleep patterns. I've noticed with my daughter is that her sleeping has gotten much worse because she doesn't necessarily want to go to sleep anymore. There's other things that she would prefer to do instead. You know, she would prefer to play with her toys or stay up and hang out with mommy and daddy or, you know, watch Zootopia, you know, or something like that. Uh, she doesn't want to go to sleep. She, they want to be more in the mix, right? They, they start understanding the concept, I guess, of, of FOMO, right? And they start having this fear of missing out almost uh, is what it seems to be. But um, yet yeah, they, they don't want to, they fight you now on going to sleep. My daughter used to 18 to 24 months, even a year to, to, to two years. She loved going in her crib. It was like a, a big thing. We would take her into to go to sleep after a bath. And she would tell us when she was tired, she'd be like, I won't go in my crib. Now, when we read her four books and sing her three songs and tell her two stories, and then it's like, okay, time to go. No, I don't want to go in the crib. I don't want to go in my crib. It, it, it's, again, something flips, a switch flips in their head, and they just don't want to do do that in that moment. So they cry, they throw a tantrum, they get angry, they get frustrated. They maybe will call for the other parent. She started doing that a lot. Like I'm putting her to sleep and I'm trying to put her in the crib. She'll scream for mommy, mommy. Same thing. My wife's trying to do it. She'll scream daddy, daddy, as if the other one is going to, you know, combat the, the first parent and, you know, not make her go in the crib. You know what I mean? So it, it's all these different facets, eating, playing, sleeping. It, it, it really starts to come back to this concept of that they just now want things and they don't want to take no for an answer. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a weird thing because you like the fact that they can communicate more. You love it. I love the fact that like my daughter can speak full sentences and she can say awesome things and we can like talk, you know, and like have like, you know, whatever, small talk, baby talk, back and forth conversations. Um, and I'll get in more into that side of things in part two of, of this episode, but um, they can be so cool and such an awesome hang. And it's crazy to see how they can just turn on you once you don't give them what you want immediately. And it's almost like you have to learn how to be a lawyer and like negotiate with them in order to like stop them from crying in public, right? If like she wants pizza and you're like, no, we're not going to have pizza. And she starts crying in the middle of the street and you're like, oh my God, people are walking around. They're seeing my daughter's crying, screaming, telling me to go away. Like, oh my God, uh, somebody's going to, so embarrassing, right? But you almost have to like negotiate with them and like trade them uh, or make a trade with them in order for them to calm down and in some ways get some semblance of what they want. It's a very difficult place to be as a parent uh, because they ultimately don't understand everything that you're trying to get across to them and they don't understand that you're just trying to help them and give them what they need and uh, they don't want to hear it you know uh, the the other aspect of these terrible twos is that you start 
This is when they really start being introduced into socialization and into schools, right? Most, I mean, my daughter, she's been in preschool since six months. So, but it's also changes once they can communicate, walk, talk, etc. That's when they really start experiencing it, right? And that's when they really start learning things. And I feel like now that she's turned two, I've seen that she started to pick up habits, I, I, I don't want to say bad habits, but, you know, because who am I to judge what's bad and good? But, you know, she's she started to pick up things that she's definitely not getting from home. You know, it started a few months ago with, with nose picking, right? She's got, got that finger jammed up her nose all the time now to the point where she's like make, giving herself open wounds and infections in there, um, you know, so stuff like that, but also the like the throwing toys and n- knocking things off the tables. You know, we don't do that here. You know, she's never done that before. And these are things that, that I, I'm assuming she picks up from having this better understanding of socialization and being in social settings like daycare, like school, where they can pick up things from, from other kids. Now, if it's a first, a lot for a lot of parents, as they turn eighteen months, two years old, it's the first time that you're bringing them into that social setting, daycare, preschool, whatever it is. And what I realize is like you're not just trusting the teachers at the daycare, at this preschool, whatever, to be second parents, right? So now. You, you know, your, your, your child is getting two different forms of parenting, but also they're getting, you know, 12 different types of parentings in the mix also because all, each one of those kids has a different set of parents and they're learning different things at home. Each one of those parents have things that are differently, uh, different levels of acceptability for actions. And, you know, you're now trusting your kid with, you know, the 13 different parenting processes and parenting methods. It's an, it's a weird thing to think about. Uh, but, you know, you, you just don't know what they're going to pick up and they could get it from anyone. And you don't know, you know, what, what one parent thinks is acceptable. For example, in our daycare you know, they asked us for kids over two years old if we were comfortable with having those kids wear masks during the day. Some parents said no. You know, we said as long as she's comfortable with it, fine. We would like to keep everyone as safe as possible, right, given the COVID situation. But those parents that said no, you know, how different is their parenting methods than what ours are? You know, what other differences... Um, in in parenting, do they have that they might be putting on their child or their children and that child is now bringing to daycare and the daycare teachers can only go so far. They're not going to reprimand the kids, you know, and stuff like that. They're not going to punish them. You know, it's freaking daycare, you know. Um, so entrusting your child with all of these different parenting methodologies is another thing that is weird to think about as a parent. And it's something that you have to deal with when they turn two because they understand what other kids are doing and they see other kids doing mischievous things and they think it's fine. Like, who cares? All right, Lucy's parents let her knock toys off the off the table when she gets told no. So I guess that's cool. I'm going to start doing it. You know, it's a lot of different 
aspects of the world enter into the mix when when you hit that two-year mark. Uh, and it's just super interesting and it makes it difficult to navigate because there's so many different things working into your child's life. Whereas previously up until this point, you were the epicenter of everything that they did. You know what I mean? Um, and in addition to, or on top of the schooling thing, you know, I feel at least in my experience, our experience, your your kids can get a lot more sick or sick much more often once they hit that two-year-old mark because they can now touch everything, climb on everything. You know, they're still trying to explore things with their mouths and, and stuff like that. But the world has opened up once they can move. And, and, and I find my daughter li- literally at least two days every week for the last six weeks has had either a cold or a fever. And we've had to keep her home for multiple days from from daycare. Um, and it's like she's coming, you know, she's gets sick, right? She goes to daycare, comes back with a fever. We keep her out the next day or two days. She goes back, she's fine. Weekend, fine. Goes back Monday, comes back, wakes up Tuesday, fever. Keep her every week. It's these, they're so much more susceptible to germs because so many more things are within their reach um, because this world has opened up. And that makes it hard to deal with and, and, and difficult. And that's part of these terrible twos also uh, because, again, they still have these wants that are playing into the mix even when they're sick. So now you compound them wanting what they want on top of being sick and irritable and tired to begin with, right? It, it just double times and compounds the frustration that they have and the tantrums go off the Richter scale and sleep habits, forget about it. We we can't, when she's sick, we can't get her to stay asleep in the crib for more than two hours. We've had to turn to and just say, fuck it. And this is going to be much to most parents' chagrins. They're going to be tisk 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 to me, but we just say, fuck it. Just come sleep in our room. We can't like take you crying for 30 minutes at a time. Um, and it, it's been difficult. I'm not going to lie. This other than like the first month or so when you're first getting used to being a parent and, you know, you just don't sleep and you're feeding them all the time and they're shitting all the time and they're throwing up everywhere and, you know, you're just attached to your house and can't go anywhere. This has probably been the most difficult stretch. Now, again, like I said, in part two, I'm going to talk about why it's also an incredible stretch because it is, but this... I feel like is what people mean when they talk about the terrible twos. And I am living in it right now. Uh, I'm sure most other parents that, that have gone through this that are listening can understand uh, what I'm talking about and, and have the shared experience um, because it is very difficult. It is like you are now having to evolve and, and adapt to a brand new person. Um, and I guess we are adapting to a brand new person because they're becoming brand new people. There are more things in their world that now have effects on them. And we as parents have to navigate that. Um, and it's the first time that we really have to do that 
uh, because we're no longer the end all be all of their lives for the most part. You know what I mean? I, I mean, at least for, for me, she goes, like I said, she goes to daycare, you know, she has some friends, you know what I mean? For, for some that have not started, you know, the socialization or daycare, anything like that yet, maybe that's not as big of an issue, but you know, for, for myself, from my experience, which is what this whole thing is about, um, that is definitely rang true. And it is definitely been a, a more difficult stretch in the parenting experience. Um, but like I said, in part two, it's also been an incredible one. So we're going to end this part of this season one premiere of Dad Hard with a podcast right there. As always, to connect on a fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and check out the website wedadhard.com where you will be able to see this episode, part one of the season three premiere of Dad Hard with a podcast. Right at the top of that, you can listen to all of season three all of season two, all of season one, and follow my entire parenting journey, as well as the parenting journeys of so many other fathers and parents that I've had on. Now, stay tuned because part two is coming right at you. But until then, we're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Can't be that, man. You remember. And if not, need to rewind this.